Hello and welcome to Next Generation Saints. I'm your host, Nick Coons. So, I had something on my chest and I kind of wanted to just express it out there. I'm going to go ahead and give you a trigger warning ahead of time because I'm going to be talking about social justice warriors, atheism, and about this whole social climate that's taking place. I was recently hearing about um, how we're talking about, there's still talks about racism, there's still talks about sexism, Islamophobia, and pretty much all these types of moral issues that keep popping up. And I know you can list several yourself. But I want to bring something up. And I'm going to talk directly to social justice warriors about this. And you who are jumping in on this are going to be able to hear it as well. Now that the social justice warrior system is getting more heated and more powerful and whatnot. And there are many on the right who just kind of dismiss it. I listen to it. I have dismiss it. But at the same time, I'm going to bring up a major issue that's happening. And so, here we go. First of all, let's talk about the moral standing here. A moral standing that you guys are bringing up is about everything about how things are wrong, how all these social issues are bad issues, racism, sexism, homophobia, you name it, you want to put an ism behind it, or you want to have a label behind it, you put it down, you say it's bad. But really fast... It is, what you guys are talking about is you're, you want the kingdom of God without the king or God involved. What I mean by this is you talk about these moral issues. You talk about them all the time. I hear about it on YouTube so often. I see it on the news so often. I, everyone's been hearing about this. Yeah, everyone in the social justice area, you guys all want change. You guys want these wrongs to be righted and you want social justice to come in and I will leave out the whole socialism idea for a little while because ultimately that's what your guys' ultimate aim is, is socialism to bring in this whole entire new era of peace and justice. Here's the problem. I've talked to many of you guys. I've talked to many social justice warriors. I've talked to many on the left who love to talk about how horrible these atrocities are. But the instant they, I say, okay, how would you go about solving this? They keep talking about how the government should solve these problems. Right? I said to them, okay, apart from the government being involved in trying to solve all the world's problems, which they cannot solve all the world's problems because you're talking about the human heart, let's bring it down to why is racism, sexism, and all these isms wrong? Why? Why is it wrong to be racist to somebody? Why is it wrong to be sexist to a woman or to a man? Why is it wrong to do all these things you guys are complaining about? You'll stand up and scream and do demonstrations in front of Ben Shapiro and in front of Andrew Clavin and, and, and attack these people for what they're saying. You, you say so fervently in your belief system that it's wrong, 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 but premised on what exactly? What are you premising your anger and hatred towards? Why is it that you're so convinced that these things are wrong? Every time a Christian comes up and says something like myself, says, you know, this isn't wrong. This is, you know, or I shouldn't say this isn't wrong. We play devil's advocate and say, why is it wrong? How come it's wrong? You simply say, well, it's wrong. It's horrible. I was sitting in my English class over at, um, over at Glendale Community College and we were talking about this. We had an argumentative essay that we had to write about. And, you know, I, I remember sitting in that class. And my teacher goes, talk about some sort of social issue of the day. 
And so my neighbor next, my the classmate next to me, I call him my neighbor, or I call everyone, a lot of my people my neighbor. He was talking about how he wanted to talk about how baseball, cheating in baseball was wrong. And this was apparently a social issue of the day that was part of, I didn't realize it was a social issue, but, you know, everything's becoming a social issue. So why should I be so surprised, right? So he starts talking about how it's wrong to cheat. And so we start talking about this and I switched it into um, school and to cheating in school. And my teacher was right there and I'm basically, I'm trying to get the flu, the fluids moving. You know what I mean? Like the creative fluids of thought moving, so to speak. Trying to get the brain cooking and to get people's thoughts out there so you can create a better argument as a paper because it's, it's easier to create an argument against something or for something if you know what the opposition is talking about. So I started talking about this. I said, why is cheating wrong? I mean, if my actions dictate to help me succeed, why shouldn't I take them? And my teacher, this lady who is receiving a master's degree in education, it was laughable what she brought up. She said, well, it's wrong to cheat. I said, on the forefront, I said, if it's just face value, I agree with you. But since we're going to go deeper in an argumentative essay, you need to have more than just, I say it's wrong. Because if it's just your opinion, I don't care what your opinion is. I don't care that you think something is wrong. I want, or that cheating is wrong. I want to make, I'll cheat so it helps me succeed. I mean, athletes do it. Students do it. Uh, presidential candidates do it. Politicians do it. Everyone does this kind of cheating that are in higher positions to, in order to help themselves get into higher parts. You see it in business as well. People cheating on different things in order to acquire higher business. Now, I know we all are saying that's a really bad thing. We shouldn't be doing that. And quite frankly, I agree with you. But what I'm trying to do with the devil's advocate is point out that we're going to remove God out of the equation. And we're saying that cheating, why is it wrong? If the actions, if the actions of a cheater help them succeed, why shouldn't they take them? And that's the problem I faced in this class, is that answer could not be solved. Or, I should say your answer. The question could not be answered. The problem could not be solved. Because the instant you start breaking down, why is it wrong? Suddenly it just becomes a subjective opinion. If it's a subjective opinion, then realistically, all this is premised on your bias my bias and whoever's in the room's bias and if that's the case then i can equate it no differently than listening to music do you prefer country music do you prefer rap music rock and roll hip-hop what do you what do you prefer you know what kind of foods do you like celery do you like carrots do you like apple pie do you like marshmallows it sounds ridiculous but it's all the same thing it's all interconnected so i said why is cheating ultimately bad if we don't have God remove the king out of the kingdom, then suddenly everything is permissible. It's fine. Now, we may strongly disagree about something or strongly agree about something. You may have very strong opinions one way or another, but ultimately, it's all an opinion, which means truth doesn't truly really exist. Good and evil doesn't actually, don't actually exist. It's all a fabrication you've invented in your mind. I call it the delusion. A delusion in your mind. And the biggest problem with the atheism and the social justice warrior system ideology is they want to take the ideology of the social justice warrior or SJWs if you want to call them that too 
and atheism and impose it on everyone else. So I'm looking going, you have a delusion in your mind that tells you something is good and evil. And now you want to take your delusion and impose it on other people. Wow. How ridiculous. And when you hear it that way, you might be thinking to yourself, that's ridiculous. Why would somebody want to impose or do of that kind of nature of imposing some delusion on somebody else? Isn't that wrong? Again, right and wrong. Come up, good and evil. So I point out to him that if cheating is simply helps me succeed, why shouldn't I do it? And the teacher points out, well, it's wrong. And I made the argument that it's not wrong. That's your opinion. And she goes, well, the matter. I go, well, let's stop, let's stop using a two-year-old's uh, argument here. Let's say you have a two-year-old, five-year-old, whatever, you as a parent, and your kid asks you, why is it wrong? You finally just give them and say, because I said so. Well, that's great if you want to deal with a 10-year-old or an 8-year-old or a 5-year-old. Sure. That's great. But when you're dealing with a 30-year-olds, when you're dealing with 40-year-olds and 50-year-olds, I'm sorry, that doesn't work. Because that's the stupidest argument you can come up with. And I will say the stupidest argument because you need to hear it that way. It's ridiculous. Oh, it's wrong because I said it was wrong. Or we all voted it's wrong. Oh, I remember hearing that one in class. We all voted. I said, well, where was my vote? I didn't cast a vote on this. I'm not going to follow what you guys are telling me is right and wrong if I didn't have a say in it. And then on top of that, if we're talking about you know, society determining what's right and wrong, there's a long history book of society making bad decisions. Look at the Dred Scott decision when it was voted in that a black man was only worth a third of a white man. Well, we all voted on it. We all cast a vote and said that was true, right? So that means that it was okay. And I know many people on the left will say, well, that wasn't okay. That wasn't acceptable. You're right. Now let's break it down again. Why? Where is this moral standard that we are using to say something is right and wrong? You obviously want got out of the equation, so all you have is the delusion of a thing called justice, of the thing called, um, called morality. It's all a delusion invented in your mind. It's not really real. If my actions dictate to help me succeed, why shouldn't I use them? Oh, killing someone's not wrong. I mean, murdering someone's not wrong. Because, you know, you have a strong opinion saying that's bad. I say this, I have a strong opinion saying it's good. Ultimately, it's permissible because there is no God. Therefore, it's fine. However, I pointed out in the class that in order for you to say something is ultimately good or evil, you have to have God and his moral standard. They were kind of caught off guard on it. They said, no, we don't want religion in. I don't want religion to tell us. I said, I'm not talking about a religion. I never talked about a religion. I don't like religion. I am not a fan of religion. I am the furthest away from religious person you'll probably ever meet. I will call out religious people all day long. I hate religion with a burning passion. I said what we need is Jesus Christ. But see, I said to him, you keep saying you don't want Christ in it. You just want to live without the king in the kingdom. I said, but you're not willing to be, to face the true despair of your belief. 
You're not willing to look at a woman who gets raped, a child who gets molested, a cheater who cheats on his exams or whatnot, or a sleazy politician and say, you know what? But I'm going to be intellectually consistent with my worldview. All right? There is no God. Everything's permissible. But you know what? From my point of view, what you did was completely bad. And what you did, you felt that it was completely okay. I'm not wrong. You're not right. You're not right. I'm not wrong. We can't live that out. And I pointed it out 100%. You can't live it out. That's why I always tell atheists that you can be a good atheist, but you can never defend your moral situation. Because you want to live with the delusion that these things called morality exists. You feel so strongly we know they exist, but you want to intellectually dismiss them by dismissing the very one who created them. That is part of the character of God. You want God out of the equation, the king again, out of the, out of the kingdom, and somehow you're supposed to have it all work? I'm sorry, you can't have a, take away the foundation of a house and expect it to stand. You can't cut the legs out from underneath somebody and expect them to be able to walk. You can't take the car tires off a car and expect it to drive, to move forward, and work properly. You can't cut the power from a TV and expect the display to turn on. You cannot have the kingdom without the king. And you're trying your hardest to be able to say, oh yes, we can. We can have the kingdom without the king. Let's do it. And then all of a sudden, when you have someone like me, you call out and go, you're an intellectual hypocrite. That's what you guys are. Intellectual hypocrites. Christians are the only ones who are not intellectual hypocrites when it comes down to this issue. Because we know that there's good and there's evil and morality. And, and saying that cheating on exam or cheating as a politician or cheating as a sports person is absolutely wrong because there's a law above the law of mankind, the character of God that we premise these on. We know that murdering, taking life unlawfully, is absolutely evil because God has created every single person with intrinsic value and innate worth that if we were to violate that, it is the law against God. It is saying, God, what you've done with this person is wrong and you spit in God's face. Therefore, you must apologize to the person and to God. It is absolutely evil. We look at the woman who's been raped. The child has been molested. They are created in the image of God. Again, all this is interconnected, but you have to have the king to have the kingdom. So when I hear these SJWs on the news, online, even in my class, who want to preach so heavily about these social outrages that are happening in our country and around the world, I go, bravo, yes, good. But you're intellectually dishonest to the highest extent because you want to fix the problem with mankind. When mankind was the very thing that caused the problem in the first place. Mankind has created the racism. Mankind has created the murder. Mankind has created all these horrible atrocities because of our hearts. Our hearts have been given into sin, into flesh, into destruction that sin has brought to us. We give in to that sin. That's the culprit. Do not look to mankind that has fallen to the sin for your answers. We can all do better, that's true. We can all help each other out. We can all show love and compassion towards each other. But do not put your ultimate faith, your ultimate trust in mankind. You need to put in Jesus Christ who overcame all those things. Who died upon a cross to forgive us. And that God's wrath was poured out upon him. He died upon that cross and rose again three days later. 
physically and bodily. And to the resurrection. That's who you put your faith and trust into. I've known, I'm pretty sure if I were to talk to any one of you listening to this podcast, listening to this, that I could, we could all talk about people who have disappointed you. Family, friends, co-workers, you name it, they're there. Politicians who didn't follow through, companies who found out were doing something wrong. People in general who disappoint you, who you put trust into and they have violated that trust in some way, shape, form, or kind. That should tell you, you should not put your faith and trust into people. Ultimately, you should put it into Jesus Christ. But see, that's the problem that I bring up in these classes. If so many people roll their eyes at, oh my gosh, there's the religious person talking. Oh my gosh. I'm not talking as a religious person. I'm talking about a person from a, I'm the person who's saying, I've gone through hell. I have seen what people have done to me. I have been abandoned by my friends. I have been not so hotly treated by family. I have been there. And I'm telling you, I have gone through those hell storms. I have seen, I've gone through the hurricanes and the storms. And I'm telling you, the only consistent thing that will not bring you imbalance, but bring you peace, will bring you comfort and joy. And will ultimately help in destroying the evils of this world. Who can take a murderous heart, take someone who's horribly in pain and anger and frustrated and the worst person you can imagine and transform them into someone that you would never can't live your life without. Jesus Christ. That's whom. So when these social justice warriors, you who are listening who are social justice warriors, or you who know somebody who has a social justice warrior, or somebody who's in that atheistic position... Understand, yes, atheism can be good people, but they have no way of defending their faith, or I should say defending their faith, defending their morality. It's just good. It's just bad. (laughs) It just made me laugh so hard when I'm sitting in that class listening to them going, it's just wrong. It's just bad. Can't you grasp that? Can't you understand? I go, I can grasp everything you're telling me. Can you not grasp the intellectual dishonesty you guys are facing? You want to say it's good and evil, good and evil, but you're unwilling to face the despair of your atheism, social justice warrior practice that says these things actually have meaning. You see, you you don't you put social justice warriors and say, "Oh, look, isn't this fantastic? You know, we can fight the world's problems." But you cannot. But you get the point I'm making here. <laughs> and so I listen to them, and it's just ridiculous. You want to fight the world's problems, but you don't want to use the king of peace. You don't want to use the savior of mankind. You don't want to target the very problem in mankind, which is the heart. Like gun control. I know, I'm just triggering everyone right now. Gun control. Well, if we stop people from carrying guns, the criminals won't have them. Well, let's pass a bunch of gun laws. Let's make it so it's really difficult to get your hands on a big, scary gun. And then, next you know, in California, oh my gosh, there was a shooting at a garlic festival. He got his gun outside of California. They just didn't stop the son of a gun. He just went off and got another gun and started shooting people up. Well, we have a how many different, a hundred different laws or whatever, like altogether like 60,000 laws, federal and state, depending on what state you're in, laws. And that didn't stop the shooter. That didn't stop Sandy Hook. 
that didn't stop Florida. Oh, wait, you're telling me that people, the heart of the mankind is not coherently evil? You're not pointing out that mankind is evil and is just going to find ways around your laws to solve it? Why don't you do a thing like Saul the Paul, for example? I know this is one of those crazy parts where I'm asking atheists to actually read the Bible with some intellectual honesty. And not just look on the internet for what Richard Dawkins or Christopher Hitchens or whoever is putting out this atheist idea, which is not atheism, it's anti-theism. That's all it really is. Take a look. Saul, the biggest persecutor of the church, would kill people, murdering them left, right, and center just because they believed in Christ, thought he was full righteous. And what happened? He had an encounter with Jesus on the way to, to Damascus. And then he went from Saul, the persecutor, to Paul, the preacher of the New Testament Gospels, where we get most of our books in the New Testament. Y'all want to fight this battle. You all want to change the United States. You all want to fix these problems, but you're not willing to face the fact that these problems were solved, well, these problems were caused by the human heart. You want to solve them without the king of peace, without the king. You want the kingdom without the king. You want the house without the foundation. You want the car without the car, uh, car tires and the wheels on there. You want the TV without the power plug. You see how this is not working out. In order to make sure this works, you need the TV with the power plug. You need the car with the car tires to make it drive. You know, you need the, you need the foundation for the house. That's what you need. But the more you turn away from the king... The more you turn away from the very foundations that are required, the more you are not going to be able to solve any problems and you will become the very thing that you're trying to destroy. It happens a hundred times out of a hundred. And those who listen to my podcast and go, this is a bunch of horse crud, this is a bunch of bunk. I encourage you to look at history. It's like when I ever asked my socialist friends, when has socialism ever worked? I remember listening to Bernie uh, Sanders talking about that. And yes, I'll go a little bit on socialism right now, just because it's on my mind. When Bernie Sanders was talking about how the American dream could be more realized in places like Ecuador and Venezuela. And then what happened? It collapsed. Venezuela's a hellhole. It is. It's an absolute hellhole. If you can't understand the word hell, I'm sorry for you. It's an absolute hellhole. Whole people are starving practically to death. They're like, there are people starving out there. There's a police run state. I've seen tanks running over people, driving over them. And then, of course, when he asks a socialist, what about Venezuela? What's her answer? That's not real socialism. Oh, these social justice issues. Why are you bringing Jesus? Well, we want to solve it ourselves. <laughs> All right, Babylon. You want to become your own god. You want to solve your own problems, but in the end, you're becoming the very thing you are seeking to destroy. It's kind of ironic how that all works out. But here's the main part. If you want to solve the social issues of today, first and foremost, before you even send out a message, before you even sit down with somebody, before you do any of that, you must become one in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Let him first save you 
and liberate you before you can save and liberate others. It's as simple as that. Realize, and how do you do this, you might ask. How, how do I accept Jesus? How do I do this? It's very simple. First of all, recognize who Jesus Christ is. Jesus asked his disciples of Matthew, who do you say I am? Because they're walking around, the people are talking about him, and he goes, well, who do they say that I am? And they go, well, maybe Elijah, might be a prophet, you know, you might be somebody else. We're not sure. And Jesus says, who do you say that I am? You're the son of the living God, the Messiah, or Messiah. And Jesus says, this has been revealed to you from the Father. So the question you have to ask yourself, first of all, is who do you say Jesus is? To know who he is, read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. This are the eyewitness accounts that even J. Warner Wallace can point out are the actual words Jesus spoke. The eyewitness accounts of Jesus Christ. After you've read them, found out that Jesus is declaring himself to be God, about his physical bodily crucifixion, his burial in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea, and his physical bodily resurrection over 40 days of, of by seeing over 500 people. question you have to ask yourself is this. Who is Jesus to you? If he is the son of God, as he claims to be, surrender yourself unto him. Acknowledge you're a sinner. Acknowledge you're a screw-up. Hey, I am too. Me talking to you on this podcast. I am not a perfect person. I am a horrible Horrible sinner who has found living bread in Jesus Christ and living water through him. Accept who he is. I then want you to repent as and recognize what you're doing is wrong. Turn away from it and aim towards Jesus. Put in your faith and trust in him and accept and ask for the Holy Spirit to come within you. When he comes into you, you'll be called born again. Born not of flesh, our Father's will, but of the Spirit. Find yourself a good biblical church to go to. Get involved. Be clo- draw close to Jesus Christ. After you've done that and you've worked on your own household, start working on your community. Show love and compassion. Love them as you love yourself, but above all, love God. Then, after you've solved the things for yourself and for your household, even community, then you could start looking at solving bigger issues of the day. But before you think you could change the world, you got enough problems in your own house and your own backyard to solve before you even get there. Don't leap into the battle before you've even been to boot camp. So, in closing... What we're looking at is social justice warriors. Y'all want to fight these battles. Y'all want to make the moral right some wrongs. You know, right the wrongs. But without the king in the kingdom, you are completely and utterly bankrupt. You cannot solve the problems. Because you have to deal with the human heart and there's only one who can solve this problem. Jesus Christ. 
I'm going to go ahead and recite what I usually recite. This is from the book of John, chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whomever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. I'm going to go a little bit further on here if you want to follow in your Bible. For, for God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but save the world through him. He who believes is not condemned, but he who has not believed stands condemned already. But they have not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And the last one I'll leave with is this. This is the final verdict. Light has come into the world, Jesus Christ. It's come into the world. But mankind loves the darkness instead of the light, for their deeds were evil. For they will not come to light, lest their deeds be exposed. <coughs> but those who do what is right in the eyes of the Lord shall come to the light. So that the, when they come to the light, their deeds can be shown that they are done in the name of the Lord. And they are good. So, until next time, my brothers and sisters, even SJWs, may peace be with you through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.